0: To an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I am blessed with my second current NHL player to be joining our show. And it's not just any player, guys. This is a gentleman that I witnessed grow up a little bit. I've had dear friends of mine coach this kid. He's the most coachable kid they've ever had. And now he's a grown man and NHL star. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Owen Tippett, how are you doing tonight? I'm friend? good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Awesome, buddy. Well, thank you for being on. Um right. Owen, we've wanted to get you on for a really long time, dude, but I know the schedule that you guys have in the show now, and even though you get to go to like some really nice hotels and stuff like that, it's still a really really busy schedule, right? So, I definitely appreciate you coming on, dude, and and dude you know what a time it's been for you the last couple of years. And and like I'm so excited to talk about everything that's going on now, Owen. But like I was mentioning before the show, dude, we only have guys on here that are huge characters and that have really, really strong stories, dude. And I think your story is one of the most interesting ones I've ever heard. You're one of the nice, most nicest and most humble kids that I've ever met, man. You know what I mean? And I need I my listeners. That. No problem, bro. And I need my <laughs> listeners to know how this all came possible. And I like to kind of go to the beginning. And I know you're a Peterborough boy. Yeah. I know you were born in Peterborough. Um I would love if I uh, if we could talk about Peterborough a little bit. Um what it was like growing up there and starting to play hockey in Peterborough.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. right from when I was younger, I mean, obviously. It's it's Become a known kind of a uh, a hockey town and hockey city more and more now, but uh, yeah, right from when I was younger, it was it was hockey all the way through for me. I played lacrosse in the summers, and but uh, I think I always knew deep down that uh, it was going to be hockey. Now you're right, Peterborough, huge,
0: huge, huge hockey town. I remember going to tournaments in Peterborough um, as a kid, Owen, and. I, I remember just how competitive the, actually the the Peterborough teams were in my age group, and I know they only got stronger and stronger, you know, as, as the ages developed. Um, what age did you start in Peterborough, though? Like, were you a guy that started right away, or were you a little bit of a late bloomer?
1: No, I, I think I started right away. Like, I was on skates, you know, three, four years old, maybe even earlier than that. But um, and then right from right from the beginning, I was I was playing for the Pete's and. You know, obviously right after that was 10 bits and whatnot, but no, I, I played Peterborough right from the start. So now
0: the Pete's, is that like the, the team to be on if you're a local kid in Peterborough, like, is that the team?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, obviously that was the, the triple A organization yep. there. And then with, with double A and single A, there's different names for it. But um, yeah, like I said, that was a Pete right from the start and, and, it just kind of, that's where it all started. Yeah. Um, They were, they were pretty close to us
0: in our age group. How were you guys in your age group? Like, were you guys really, really strong? Like with the team that you grew up with?
1: Yeah, there was a couple of years where, you know, I think right when OMHA started and that was a big tournament that everyone wanted to be in. And um, I think we were, I think we actually won it two years in a row and then came third the next year. So I think there was a good stretch of 3 or 4 years where where we had a pretty solid team. Right on. Now, this is kind of like where
0: where I'm the most interested in Owen because I know what it's like to be a kid playing travel hockey at that age. The pressures, bro, of of friends and peers and school and girls and everything, right? Like it's yeah. it, it was incredible what we had to go through. Now, I grew up in a, in a single parent family. Okay. Mm -hmm. My mom got remarried when I was 14 years old. So for the majority of my childhood, it was just my mom and and the four kids. And, you know, there's me and my three siblings. Now I know you have a really strong connection with your mom and that it was of a similar situation. Um, do you re- did you realize when you were really young how much your mom was involved? Or Because I didn't really realize it when I was young, young. It was when I got older that I really was like, wow, like I can't believe how much they actually did for us.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, like you're saying, it's kind of similar in the sense where, you know, we're both really close to to our moms and our siblings. And I think I did realize pretty quickly I mean it was when obviously when I was 11 I moved away with my mom to Toronto to kind of take a different career path but I think it was right from then you know kind of our relationship became even closer because we were always together we were always driving to the rinks together we spent every night together and um, I think you realize like you said maybe not right away but when you sit back and realize how much they've actually done for you with you know time travel in the car and you know money spent and and everything that pretty much gets you to where you are today so um like I, like i said it probably wasn't right away but within the first couple of years i for sure realized you know how much she probably took off or parted off and and you know spent time with time with me and and got me where i am today now i'm i'm glad that you brought up the point
0: of the move to toronto because that's a really big that. Well, it was a really big deal in your career because I think that's what had to happen, Owen, in order for it to go the way it went for you, right? Which was very successful. Yeah. Now, just so the listeners can understand, what were the rules at that time for the, for the GTHL? You had to have an address within the, the area of the Greater Toronto, right, to
1: play yeah. in the league. Yeah, so for the GTHL, you obviously had to have, you know, residency in, like you're saying, the GTA. So when I was in Peterborough, obviously the whole thing started when I have a cousin a couple years older who plays on Detroit now. And he kind of, he did the same thing a few years earlier than me. He moved down to Toronto, went to school down there, you know, played in the GTHL. So when when I saw that path, that was kind of the first glimpse I got. So when we first started, the whole process was we were like, okay, and we're going to live in Peterborough still, but try and play down there. So how yep. that works is you have to get releases all the way through the OMHA on the way to Toronto pretty much. So wow. that's like – that's a release from Peterborough, you know, Lindsay, Whippy, Oshawa, like all the way through. Okay, it- so every every geographical
0: area that you could possibly play on the way to Toronto.
1: Yeah. So the one year <laughs> – the one year, it's just, it's a whole process. Like the one year I got released from Peterborough, you know, I applied for it, and then Lindsay was the next stop. They they denied me, and then I got it all the way through. So if and how it usually works is if you get denied by a team, you have to play for them. But I didn't want to be oh. playing in Lindsay in the same league as what I already was. The whole point mm-hmm. was to be going to a different league and and play in Toronto. So that year, I got held back. I had to play, um, I think I dropped down to double A for a year, because by the time it was already made, the decision, uh, for me, the triple A team was already made. So, and then I played double A for a year, and then the following year, you have to start the process over again. So, I started wow. again, I got my release from Toronto again, and then, you know, Lindsay, same thing, like, they held me back, and then I got it again through every other team on the way to Toronto. So, then I was sitting back, and I was like, okay, well, what's the next possible step? which is when, you know, my mom, like we sat down and, you know, my mom sacrificed her shorter commute to work to make it longer. So we could live. So we ended up finding a place in Toronto. So that way we had residency there. I could go to school there. And then that's when I started to play in the, in the GTHL. So
0: that was now, was that the move to Keel and Shepard that place there? Yep. Right on, right on. So now your mom was now, Obviously I've done a little research through Sully, right? So yeah. now she was, she was working in, was it in Curtis at yeah, that be, time?
1: Yeah, because she's a um, she's like a social worker in the school board. So, you know, yes. the Cortha region school board only goes as far as Oshawa or Curtis. Yes. So, you know, even her, when we were in Peterborough, her school was five, 10 minutes away from the house. Yes, where now she had to even apply to get into the school in Curtis just because that was the closest point to Toronto. So and then yeah. her commute went forty-five to to an hour, sometimes even more in rush hour. So yeah, there's a lot, traffic, there's a lot sacrificed. Right? Yeah, so yeah, man. So okay, so now this is when
0: you were eleven years old, though, right, Owen? Yep. Now, like, like you know, obviously we're older now, so we can be brutally honest about when we were younger. At that age, were you really that good at 11? Or what was this like a risk that you guys were taking? Like, were you that good yet already, do you think? Like, were you developed into that type of prospect? Or was it just, like, raw
1: talent at that point? Um, I, I honestly think, like, obviously, I can say now that maybe the talent wasn't there. But it was still a risk. You can ask Sully. Like, the first couple years in Toronto, I didn't know if hockey was gonna be my future, I didn't know the role I was gonna play on those teams. But, you know, I just saw, like I said, my cousin go through it a couple of years prior, like before me, and um, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to take that next step and try and develop my game. And, you know, so it was definitely a risk, but um, like you were saying, I think the talent was always there, but anytime you you make a move like that, you never really know how it's gonna end up. Exactly. You know, that, that's
0: very true. Now we're talking about we're talking about Mitchell Stevens. That's who we're referring to, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, man. Now that's now. So you guys, that's your first cousin.
1: Yep. It's my first cousin, and, and, and he's he's got a couple of rings now, or what? Yeah, he was with Tampa for for two rings, and then he got traded to Detroit this past summer. This past
0: summer, yeah. Because I actually, to be honest with you, I thought I thought he was on Tampa, so he got yep. traded to Detroit. Um, just before the season started. Yep. Right on, man. How is it? How have you talked to him? Like,
1: yeah, I, I talked to him. I mean, we saw each other a couple times in the summer, and you know, yeah. golfing and stuff. But I, I think he's, you know, I think he was excited and and ready for a fresh start. And you know, yeah. anytime you get a new chance; it's it's a new beginning. Just like for myself, going to Toronto, it's it's that it's that new start, that fresh start that you know can can breaker can break or make your career take off. So, no, he's loving it so far, I think. So now, and
0: and the reason why I was asking that, Owen, is just because obviously Tampa Bay is kind of known to be like a dynasty right now. There's salad, like, you know, there's the joke about the over the the cap and all that kind of stuff, right? And then Detroit... It is in a completely different part of of the of the process right like obviously they're gonna get back to glory but you know they're they're in the beginning of their well not beginning but they're in their regroup phase right and Tampa's in their going all in phase so I, I just wondered like for him that is a start that he's gonna have more opportunity than he'll ever imagine but that kind of reminds me of, like you said, the risks that you were taking in Toronto. Now, there's a little, there's a couple little stories that I want to bring up on, right? Because yeah. I hear these things, and and it and it's so it's so cool to hear. The first off, though, I want to tell you is I had I have a theme for today's show. Okay, so so the theme for for our show today is is resiliency talent and drive. And I'm going to explain that's going to come up a couple times in our, in the episode. Okay. So now I want to know exactly what, if you remember the year that this may have been now, I'm pretty good buddies with two of your former coaches. And I heard a story that when you first started playing for the Red Wings, that it wasn't forward that you stuck with right away. You, you bounced back a little bit from forward to defense Now, the story that I was told is that there was a game where you gave the puck away and there was a goal scored against your team. And as a penalty by the coach, you were sent to defense. Now, you were so determined to prove yourself and to get back to the position that you really wanted to play that you went end-to-end as a defenseman, (laughs) scored a goal, okay? And you got the call right back to forward. So now, I know what it's like, dude, to be in that type of situation in AAA. All the kids are so competitive, Owen. Like, now that we think about it, can you believe how competitive some of, like, the eras were that we played in coming up? Like, yeah, not, it, every, there's, not every kid's built for that type
1: of stuff. No, it, it's crazy. It's funny you say that. Like, my first year, um, it was with, I think it was, Junior Canadians, I think, my first year. And uh, it was when Sully and Jonesy first came in, and that's when I first met them. It was halfway through the year. And even the first half of the year, I was bouncing back and forth, you know. I would sit in the middle of the bench, and I'd go, okay, one shift on D, one shift on forward. And then uh, as Sully and and Jonesy came in, they kind of took me under their wing and started working with me here. And then I think it was the next year, Sully got a head coaching job or another assistant, and I went with him. Just because I respected what he did for me and how much he helped me, um, and then that was kind of the year where he's like, "Okay, what do you want to play, forward or D?" Yeah, and I said to him, "I said, I said forward," because I was a D all the way along. And then when I first came down, they tried to transition me into forward. But it's crazy. I mean, for me to go through that, like at eleven or twelve years old, you don't really realize how much goes into it until you're in a situation like that.
0: Yeah, man. So, but it was a pretty good decision, though, Owen, to go to go up front.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, that was the first time I had a taste of of playing forward, and I think you know, I just kind of fell in love with it. How how involved in the game you are, and you know, it's it's just something that you don't realize. Even guys now, I mean, they D man jump in, jump in the rush, and you know, they they get a sense of confidence almost, and and good things happen. So no, it's, it's good. And for me to go through that at such a young age, I think it helped my future for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely helped your future, buddy, because there was a, a really big event that happened um, with someone being a fourth overall pick, man, right. Fourth overall. Right. So now I've talked to a couple people about like that time, that era of that draft. And like, I think what was it Sudbury that had a an earlier pick I don't know if they were first overall or whatever it was but 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 it was thought that you may go to Sudbury and but the situation in Mississauga was just such a more ideal and, and more realistic way to success it, was that kind of the scenario
1: yeah like I like you're saying I think it was Sudbury first Windsor second Flint was they're having their first year in the league. So they were third and then it was Mississauga. So um, I think I actually got hurt the, the same year, like in my draft year, I'd hurt my knee or whatever it was. And, you know, I think that might've, you know, hurt whatever it was and, you know, how people think um, going into the draft. But, you know, I, I was so fortunate to end up in Mississauga. It was so close to home and, you know, with, you know, my billet situation there and the opportunities I got there, I I wouldn't regret it for or look back on it for a second. So now and and thanks for sharing that,
0: Owen. The year that you got drafted to the OHL, was that the year that you had the fifty two goals in the fifty games for the
1: Red Wings? Um, I think it was, yeah. My last okay. year of minor midget. All right. So let okay. So let's talk about this year a little bit. Let's back up a little bit, dude.
0: Because I'm I'm a stat guy. I love stats, right? So it's not very often that, and again, Owen, like the fact that most of my guests are like usually older than me, right? So they usually don't even have stats from even like part of their major junior careers because it's so far back, right? Yeah. But I'm able to get Toronto Red Wings GTHL stats. And I'm looking this up. 2014, 2015, 50 games, 52 goals, 87 points. Okay, in 52 in in 50 games. All mm-hmm. right, so almost 90 points in 50 games. So like that year must have been phenomenal for you. Like the confidence building, even just like people, guys wanting to play with you because you're just sniping every game, man. Like. Like, like
1: what was that like? Like, did you, did it feel like, I like stardom at like the, from that year? I, I think that was the first year where I kind of realized, okay, this is, there's a possibility this could be a career and this is what I want to do as a career sort of thing. Like I think that was the first year that it kind of clicked in, but like I, like you said perfectly, it was just, you know, this was, I had a year and a half of fully playing forward mm-hmm. prior to this and, um, it was fully, I think, just a confidence thing. I was confident in in my game and finally being comfortable at the forward position. And uh, we had such a good group. I mean, I don't think, you can ask Sully, I don't think we had the best team, but, you know, we had good character guys that, you know, we went in and, and had fun. Whether it was we were winning or losing, it was it was having fun, and and it's a cliche, but that's that's why we play hockey, is it's is fun, right? Yeah.
0: No, no, it's... <laughs> It's great that we brought Sully back up again, because I want to ask you about this fourth overall draft party. Yeah. That took place at Boston pizza beside the chest, the famous Chesswood arena. And like, that's so fitting, right? Being a, being a Toronto red wing to have your party by Chesswood, man. Like when I think of Chesswood, I think of the red wings, the red wings were the best team in, in my age group. Don Mills was second, which was me. Right. Yeah. So man, Chesswood and the
1: Red Wings, man, in the dictionary, they should be together, man. I agree. I mean, I think it all just worked out that um, you know, I was like you said, we were living at Keelan Shepherd. I was going to school in Downsview Park and then Chesswood Arena was right there. So just yeah. going back to my mom commuting, there were some days where she'd get caught in prac or caught in traffic and I would have to either, you know, catch a ride or a bus or whatever it was to practice. And, you know, to have that draft party at the Boston Pizza around the corner, it just kinda brought back all the memories of what you've been going through the last four or five years building up to that. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, man. And so like how many
0: years had the Steelheads been the Steelheads when you got drafted there? Cause like I played
1: for the Mississauga Ice dogs, dude, back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah. No, I I'm not sure because it was uh I can't remember how long it would have been, but it's it was Steelheads for at least I want to say four or five years before I was there. Yeah, so.
0: because I the the Ice Dogs moved to Niagara, right? And then and then it was was it the it was the team from Toronto that moved to Mississauga,
1: right? Yeah, I think it was uh, Saint Mike's that moved. Saint Mike's, yeah, Toronto yeah. Saint Michael's Majors, yeah, man. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool. So, dude, so
1: so yeah, so the Boston Pizza
0: party had to bring that up. Had had yeah. to had to had to give a shout out to the Chesswood Arena too, right, brother? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I remember the first time that I met Ty Domi was in the Chesswood Arena. All the all the arcades were there. I don't know if they yeah. if they still have it like that. Is there still a lot of arcades in Chesswood? I haven't been
1: back in a while, but it's, it's been a while, eh? I, yeah. Like they have the new Scotia Bank and that's I've skated there a couple times, but I haven't been back to Chesswood in a while. Right on.
0: Yeah, man, that's a good good, it's a good reminiscing about that for sure, buddy. So, so now, your first year in Mississauga was a solid year, right? But your draft year, Owen, that was quite the year, my friend. That season, I kind of want to go through specifically because, in my opinion, man, that set the tone for the rest of your career, buddy. Like... And, and like you, you must remember that year pretty clearly. Yeah. Almost had a goal, almost had a goal per game that, that year too, man. You put up 44 that year, right? And, um, I know also know that with that team, wasn't there a situation in your age group where it was like an Eric Lindros type thing where wasn't there a guy that got, was he drafted to Flint and then he, he like refused to go and, and then got traded to Mississauga, right?
1: Yeah. So Who that was that, that was uh, the same draft year as me. So it was uh, it was Ryan McLeod. He went third to Flint, and then I went fourth to Mississauga, and he didn't want to go. And his brother was already on Mississauga, um, so you know you have to you have to end up making a trade and whatnot. So we ended up getting him from Flint. So um, they ended up with the third and fourth overall picks that year. But yeah, no, it, it was it was the second year is when kind of we both kind of got like going back, we just got our confidence and, and got more comfortable playing at that level. And um, I mean, any kid can attest, but your rookie year in the OHL, you might not get the minutes you want or put up the numbers you want, but you know, it's another chance to learn. So um, going into that second year, there was kind of that second adjustment stage or whatever you want to call it. But uh, we had a really good team that year and and that's when kind of, I built some more confidence onto my game. Were you guys favored, like,
0: in the beginning of the season? Like, like I want to talk about the playoff run that year because I know it was a really good one.
1: But were you guys, like, expected to be good from the beginning? No. So we, uh, it was actually funny. We, I think, before Christmas, we were, like, going into the Christmas break, we were dead last in the league. And then we came back and, you know, we had a players-only meeting, I think it was, and we just kind of sat down with each other and said, the typical look to the guy beside you like you don't know when you're going to play with them again or you know the overagers at the time you want to give them the best chance to move on in their careers after the game and I think it just clicked and after Christmas I think we won we only lost six games and I think in in those six games we had at least gotten to overtime in three of them like it was just we had gone on a crazy run and but I think at the start of the year we we weren't expected to to go very far.
0: Dude, that's insane. I, I didn't know you guys had a slow start like that. Yeah. I I was gonna mention that now it's funny that you said right around Christmas time because December 4th, um, you know, you you you, you had a really good game, man. You, you you had a four point game, set a career high, right? And and you yeah. lit it up that game. And then you guys ended up winning the central division that that year, yeah.
1: right? So yeah. I see. So you guys were last place at Christmas yeah. time. Yeah, we were almost dead last. If like we were dead last, if not very close to it, going into the Christmas ah. break, and then we ended up winning, winning the Eastern Conference and and losing in the finals to Erie. Yeah. No. Yes. So now
0: you played. You guys played twenty games. That so that was the finals against the Erie Otters that you guys lost that yeah. season. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Now. What was the ratings for you throughout that season for central scouting for
1: the for the draft? Yeah, um I've I've honestly never really been a guy to look into stuff like that. I've just kind of, you know, I let let pressure handle itself. I don't really look to those things to to make up how I'm going to play a certain certain period or certain shift or certain game. So, um I honestly couldn't tell you how they went up and down throughout the year or, or what they but were. But were
0: you a top, you were a top rated player in the beginning of season, right? Like you were high. So. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So that was, that was quite the year. And then, so now leading up to the draft on, um, I know that that year was the first year that they had kind of like the NFL style draft. Yeah, like, the green like room. Sully was Sully was telling me about it man he told me that that experience was the best experience he's ever had in anything to do with hockey it was so cool the way that that all went down did did you have the same feelings towards that setup
1: like yeah it, like how it was cool really was that it was really cool. I mean, obviously it wasn't the traditional, you walk down, hand your jacket off and, and go up on stage, but I think it was cool. Just, you know, how they experimented with that Everyone sitting in the back room and then you come out from behind the stage. Like it, it was really cool. And, um, I think it honestly worked out cause I got to have, you know, more people that were close to me and helped me along the way. And, um, it was, it was honestly really cool. I mean, obviously experience like that, you're never for, going to forget, but, um, I I think I was a part of the only draft that wasn't the traditional walking out of the stands. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, man. So now this draft was in Chicago,
0: right now you, did you, what did you think, man? Did you, did you think Florida going into going, like when you woke up that morning, were you thinking Florida or did you have no idea?
1: I had no idea. So at the, uh, I think it was the NHL combine in Buffalo. I think I had met, I think I had met with like 26 teams. um, and i do, i think florida was one of them but it wasn't anything like they it wasn't a crazy interview that i can remember and then the morning of the draft i had another meeting with them and it was with you know everyone in their organization and they had kind of said if play if our player a isn't there and the position that you know we're looking for isn't there then you're our guy so honestly i had no idea and then uh i had once that player got chosen a few picks before me i had i had that thought in my mind but then again you never really know like things can change so fast so
0: and wasn't there something with the rangers that popped up right before you got
1: picked where you thought it might be new york um i don't think so i mean obviously they have like the projection the projection what it is okay. and and the list that you know people are holding where it has one through yeah. ten or whatever it was so i think i might have seen something through that but like I said, I I don't really look into into stuff like that because you don't want to be disappointed when things change. So
0: Yeah, man. I hear you, man. It, I had it, no it, I had
1: no expectations
0: going in. So okay, so tell me exactly exactly
1: what happened when you found out that you're drafted tenth
0: overall to the Florida Panthers.
1: I mean, it's all the cliche answers you can probably think of. I mean it was No, no but particularly- like okay, no, but literally what happened? Because that was a different oh, type yeah, of yeah. draft. Like we're explaining, right?
0: Yeah. So, like, so, how did
1: they do it when they announced it? So it was still, they announced it still on stage, and then, you know, you can obviously hear it, but then they have the stream on the TVs in the green room, they called it. So, you room. know, there's there's circle tables with, I think it was 10 or 12 of us that we, you know, we sat back there together with all of our families, and whenever you were picked, you just kind of stood up, gave everyone hugs, and then, you know, left yeah. your jacket there, and then they had, like, this big hat frame with each like each cubby had a team's hat so then whatever team you got picked by you had to kind of go up take the hat out of the cubby put it on and then you walked out on the stage it was pretty cool
0: how proud were you man
1: at that time but it was it were you floating on air or what man yeah it, it was awesome I mean obviously everything's going through your head at once you don't really know what to feel and I think at yeah. the moment you're just trying to not embarrass yourself and fall up the stairs, but no, it, it was good. It yeah, was good. it was awesome. The only the, the the best thing that I
0: could explain it, dude, because I, I mean, you're oh, and I couldn't even imagine what that stage is like, bro. But like anything similar that I've experienced on on a different level, all I could say is you're you're trying to just be normal, right? Yeah you're trying to be as normal as possible. Do you just want to be normal? Like this is you, this is your life right now. And you're trying to be as normal as possible.
1: Like that's, that's, you know what I mean? So, so that is how it is for you too, right? Yeah. That's, that's how I look at, you know, each and every day. It's, I just, I'm just a normal kid doing what he loves to do. Um, And, and it's always been that way. I haven't, you know, even when I was younger, I didn't say, oh, I want to play hockey because of the money or the lifestyle that comes with it. Like, I just enjoyed yeah. playing it, and I still do. So I think, you know, it's it's part of who I am, and I don't think of myself as any better than the guy next to me just because I'm playing hockey professionally or, or anything like that. It's it's just what I love to do, and I'm happy I can make a career out of it. Right
0: on, bro, and, that, and that's a beautiful thing. Now, you know what I just realized, Owen, is we went by... The, the peterborough time without talking about your grandparents yeah yeah no, right they were, now were they were they in peterborough when you were in peterborough or were they close by because i know that they're a big influence
1: in your life as well yeah no they were they were right in peterborough as well so they were they were right there every step of the way as well taking me to ranks and, and coming to every game they could and i mean obviously they have six grandkids on, on this, on my side of the family. So it's, you know, every time they, they go to anyone's sporting event, it's, it's always a scramble and, um, you know, they try and split it up individually and make sure they're, you know, sharing the love, I guess, on, on how many times they go to so-and-so's sporting events to, to the next person. But no, they were, they were a huge part and, and big supporters of all of us. And, you know, obviously wouldn't be here again. Like I said, wouldn't be here again, where I am without them so yeah because I know
0: you're such a super family guy On, so you know what I mean so yeah so grandma and grandpa had to be brought up in this episode buddy you know what I'm saying uh, so okay so now now this is what I'm also kind of curious about too buddy um now you know playing for teams your whole life that team camaraderie is very important yeah now when you're young especially when you're a top pick right when you're the first rounder you know, there's a lot of banter. There, there's a lot of heckling and stuff. But guys only make fun of you if they like you, right? Yeah. So now the legend, Roberto Luongo. Now, I heard a story when you first got drafted. Now, dude, I mean, I may not look it, but I, I mean, I'm half Irish, right? Yeah. So I have a lot of, you know, carrot top cousins and and, and stuff. And, you know, my, my cousin Thomas, that's a year younger than me. I'm very close with the guy. Almost looks exactly like you, right? Yeah. And so I also know that my cousins, you know, they don't tan the best. You know what yes. I mean? They got to use the sunscreen, right? Yeah. And that's how it is when you're from Ireland and stuff. And it's cool, you know? You, you just got to do it. And I heard that Luongo was right on you, bro, right away after you got drafted. Made a comment that you're going to get a, a, like a, a sun tanning deal as well. Lotion. Did you remember that? Or is that... Like, so much is going
1: on, maybe you don't even remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think so much goes on in the moment, but I think I do recall seeing a a tweet or whatever it was, but it's like, you know, (laughs) you never would have guessed a redheaded kid like me playing hockey in South Florida. I mean, it's, everyone's going to their beach on their days off and I'm trying to stay away from the sun sort of thing. But no, 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 but but, but all jokes aside, I I, I think you
0: can pretty good, man. It's only certain (laughs) people that get burnt get, all the time i you're get my base.
1: i get my base layer and then i just go from there yeah there you go buddy <laughs> so dude
0: okay so now here's another thing that i always like to ask guys is their first training camp with the big club right so you're drafted man you're going to camp now you're the first rounder owen when i went to my camps at buffalo buddy i was the eighth round pick there was no pressure on me man right yeah what was that like being the first rounder? Did, was did you feel pressure like everyone's looking at you that you have to do well? Like,
1: yeah, I, I think there's there is that pressure of of being a first rounder. And the num the biggest tip I got going into camp was nobody looks at you as a first rounder or not. Everyone's there for the same reason, and they all want to make the team. So yeah. just because you're drafted in the first round yes, you have more eyes on you, but it doesn't give you any better chance than the guy next to you to make the team. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's nerve wracking thing. You go into camp as, you know, an 18 year old kid and you're going into corners with guys that are, you know, 10 years older than you even more. So it, it, so it, it is nerve wracking and, you know, there is pressure on you, but I mean, I think you just kind of, each day you kind of get more and more comfortable and, and you, you grip the stick a little, little less. So.
0: Have you, uh, have you had a chance to, um, to spend any time with smoking Joe?
1: Yeah. So he's, uh, we just throughout the dressing room and everything, but no, Jumble has been great. I mean, he's, everything you hear about him is, is, is accurate. He's, you know, he's never having a bad day. He's always bringing energy to the locker room and uh, he's just a great guy to be around. And how old is he now, Owen? Is um, he
0: 42? I think he's 42, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible, bud. like I'm gonna be 40 in January, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, smoking so, Joe, man. I can't believe the shape that he must be in, man. That that's incredible. Yeah. Now, dude, this preseason this year, you you're on you're on fire, hey. Eh? And, and and like you're you're playing really well, Owen, and like i'm I'm really excited for you, dude, because like I remember being your age, right? And like I remember seeing the guys that I got really close with, and the the characteristics that certain guys had is what made their careers go longer than the other players. And this is what I, I want to tell you, dude, as a guy that's observing. You're one of the most professional people that that I know right now, bro. And how old are you, Owen? You're what, 21? 20 22. What? You're 22 years old right now. Yeah. Buddy, do not change what you're doing. You know who you remind me of off the ice is my buddy Chris Thorburn. I don't know if you, if you know Thorbs. Now, no. my buddy Chris Thorburn, he's a 1983 birthday, played with him three years in Rochester. This guy's the all-time games played for the Atlanta Thrashers-Winnipeg Jets franchise, okay? He yeah. was like a grinder, third, fourth liner, but he kept signing, Owen. He kept signing contract after contract. This guy didn't even have skill like you, but you know what he did have? Everybody liked him. Everybody wanted him on the teams. Mm-hmm. He was nice. He was humble. He was a very good team guy, and he would do whatever it takes for the team, right? Yeah. That's everything that you are, but you're also a natural goal scorer, but right and if that, you yeah. get the games that Chris got like I don't even know how many games bro 1200 yeah. I, I don't even know what it is but whatever it is man man the, the sky's the limit and I like I I just like and I know a lot of people say this to you Owen right but like I'm telling you but just don't change who you are mm-hmm. just stay exactly who you are right now and you're just gonna but I, I can't even imagine how, how incredible it's gonna be now what I, what I wanted to also ask you is, currently in Florida, like are, like, are you, are you, what, your contract right now, do you have one year left? Like, like a, a, an option? Like, 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 what's the situation for the future moving forward right now?
1: Yeah, so this is my last year of my entry level that I signed right after I was okay. So after this year, I become a restricted free agent.
0: Okay, so is it still the group two screw? You know what I mean by that? Where it's just like 10% increase and you know, you don't really,
1: or, or have they, maybe they've changed that. That's the way it used to be when I was. Yeah. I think it's, I don't think there's, I don't know how it works. I think it's just, you know, you see all over the league that, you know, guys are signing for different amount of years for different amount of money and then whatever it is. So I think it's just, you know, how the team is against the cap and, and also about, you know, where, how you've been playing. So, exactly. And you got to, you got to, anything that, that a player gets, he earns.
0: And it's all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, this, that, the other. Right. So, now yeah. a little bit of an exciting topic now, Owen. I, I, I'm trying to get into the media. Right. So, I'm talking to all these people. And this is what the word is getting out right now, bud, that the Stanley Cup is going to stay in the state of Florida but that people don't think it's Tampa. No. Nope. Right? You guys, you guys, man, like how do how do you feel about your team? Like are are you how's the optimism in the room? Like is there a lot of excitement
1: with the mix of young and old and Yeah, I I think the excitement's there. You see it right from from day one of training camp. You see guys on the ice pushing the one next to you and um, I think, you know, there's definitely players hear the buzz going around, but, um, we're not, that's not what we're thinking. We're just trying to go out every game and, and get better and, you know, play for the play for the guy next to us. Yeah. Now, who do, what do you guys have
0: coming up? What's the next games coming up for you guys?
1: Uh, we have Colorado tomorrow night. And then, uh, I think we go to Philly on Friday for a game on Saturday and then we're, we're home for a couple games. Nice, buddy. And then, do you have a roommate, or are you living on your own, man? Um, I'm just on my own now. I mean, my girlfriend's here with me, but she's still back and forth because she's still in school and in Guelph. But I've, it's just me. There's guys. There's other guys in the building I'm in, and, and guys, you know, a couple minute walk away. But it, it's just me here
0: now. What's the deal with uh, Yandel, man? Like with with this this Iron Man stuff?
1: Yeah. He's like, can see. that's another guy. He's just a pro all the way around. <laughs> I mean, he, he takes care of his body the way you need to, you know, he's, he's, there's a reason why he's played almost a thousand games in a row. He's taking care of his body. He's doing whatever he needs to be, be doing to be healthy the next night. So, and, and not only that is he has that lighter side to him. I'm sure everyone's seen it where he's, you know, laying jokes on the guys and, and having a good time and, and, and whatnot, but uh, you know, it's he helped me a lot when I was younger, and uh, he's he's just one of the greater guys I've I've played with, I'd say. Now on the, the, this,
0: the, the, I wanted to like I wanted to talk about like October seventeenth um, against the Philly Flyers, like that that first game in the NHL, man. Like I just like I, like I, I I love hearing like guys thoughts on it like if there was anything unique about that day what was that for you man like like what was the like not not like the cliche answers but like 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 I know it was against the Philadelphia Flyers like is there anything
1: special about that game that you remember um i think it was the day before we i think we might have been in pittsburgh or something and we were flying to philly and you know on my on your way onto the plane you you go right by coaches management and stuff and they kind of gave me the heads up and said you know get get whoever you can, family and whatever, like you're, you're going to be playing tomorrow. So I think from that moment on, it was a bit of a scramble, just trying to, to let everyone go <laughs> yeah. and, and get, you know, my mom was able to make it, my sister and, you know, that everyone was able to make it when they could. And, um, I think it was just, it was more of a scramble until, you know, you're done morning skate and you're kind of in that routine and you go back to the hotel, you know, pregame nap, meal, whatever it is. And then, Once, once you're on the ice, it's, it's just hockey. I mean, obviously it's your first game, but you want to kind of get into the game early and and settle in as soon as you can, just so it takes the nerves out of it for sure. Now. um,
0: And, and thanks for sharing that dude. That's awesome. Now in, in Florida though, the sport of hockey seems like it's been growing a lot. I have buddies that are now coaches in Florida and there's a lot of competition, man, with the minor hockey and the coaching and the hockey schools and all that type of stuff. Do you guys feel that that it's not like, and you know, when Carolina Hurricanes, they won the Stanley Cup back in, you know, I had Mike Commodore on my show last week. And we're talking about the Stanley Cup and he was saying that, you know, he would walk and like people had no idea who he was or even who who the Canes were. Yeah, <laughs> and they won the cup. Are you feeling that the Panthers are, are are getting really popular now in South Florida?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's the same way. I mean, it's it's kind of nice. You can kind of leave the rink and, and not many people recognize you and, and are stopping you on the side of the road. But I think, you know, I think as players, we're starting to feel the buzz where, you know, there's more people there for warmups. There's more people there for our games. Fans are more into the game and. Um, you know, it's almost like a rivalry too. I mean, Florida's a big travel city, and you see a lot of fans from the opposing teams. But it's it's seemed lately that you know our our fans here have been our backbone, and they kind of want to be louder than the people coming in to cheer for the opposing team. So it's it's been yeah. cool to see, but you can definitely see even my my years of being here. It's only been you know I think this is my fourth year in the organization, fifth year, but. Um, even from when I first started to now, you can see a big, big increase in the fan base for sure.
0: Right on dude. And then, and then the only other thing I wanted to ask you was, I remember the Florida Panthers, um, Stanley cup run that they had, I don't know, I think it was 1995. Right. And they made it all the way to the finals. Scott Mellenby. I remember he was the top, the the top gun on the team. And there was the rats. There was the rats movement. Is that like a normal thing, or was that only like
1: that those years? Like, are they still no, doing that? Owen? like, where gold. are those yeah. rats at, man? Yeah, you, I think you can purchase them, you know, in the team shop or at like, really. But every every time we win <laughs> or or whatever hat tricks are scored, there's there's rats all over the ice. So it's okay, so
0: boring. they're still throwing rats every yeah. game. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a them. total Florida Panthers co- hockey culture thing. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, Tampa Bay doesn't have that. No, no, they don't. But
1: no, it, it it is cool. I mean, it throws that extra twist, and you know, guys have fun with it after whether they're shooting them down the ice into the net or you know, shooting them at each other's legs or whatever it is. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's still going on. And um, what about? Is there a
0: mascot that's a rat or like like like? Where did do you know where that came from?
1: I have. I don't know how it started. I mean, I think over the years there is a a second mascot that's a rat but i don't know i haven't seen him at every game i don't think but i don't know exactly how it started but it's i think it's still it's still around
0: (laughs) that's cool dude um yeah man so like i mean south florida a kid from peterborough flourished in the gthl star in the ohl and now doing his thing in the nhl is there like do you do you? And the reason why I'm asking you this, Owen, I know that you're really young, but you honestly will give an honest answer. For the kids that are trying to decide if they want to play in the OHL or not, for a guy that was through it as an underager, a a guy that you probably had every option, dude. You know what I mean? What would you give the kids today?
1: Like, what what advice would you give to them for that? For me, it's when I was growing up, I had always said to myself where if I had the opportunity to play at the junior level, obviously it's a faster route to pro. Um, I was going to see that through, but you know, there's nothing wrong with taking the extra years to develop and then going to school. So I would just say, I would, you know, listen to the ones around you and the advice you're getting on, you know, what's best for you. And, and if you think you want to try and play OHL then then go play OHL. But there's nothing there's no comparison for OHL or or university and college. It's yeah, you know, if if you want to if you feel like you need or you want to take the extra years and go to school, then that's that's the choice for you. But I mean just the way my career kind of worked out and and the way it, it came about, OHL was the path that I took. But there was no, you know, I had both options open going into that last year. So I kind of kept everything open and then when it was time to make a decision, I did.
0: Yeah. and I know that the OHL does have some pretty solid school packages right now because they have, yeah. to, have to compete, right? Yeah, so so yeah man No, but, and thanks for sharing that. Now dude, obviously, like we were talking in the beginning, you know with with the type of uh, fan base that I have for my show, you know there's there's a lot of appreciation for the physical side of the game. No, mm-hmm. oh, I remember getting a call Owen. Oh, it was like a, a, a few weeks ago and and the call was about a, a scrap in preseason. and it was, did you see Owen's fight? <laughs> now, was that your first NHL fight, my friend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. So let's yeah. let's hear about it, man. How was it for you? How are the hands? How are the knuckles? What was the yeah. buildup for that? Was it just from that scrum or was it something earlier? I I, I know Corey Perry. I know how he could be on the ice. I, yeah. I wanted to kill him sometimes, even though he was on my team.
1: Yeah, no, I, it was just one of those things where I wasn't looking for it or anything, but I think, you know, I think Vasilevsky came out to play the puck and our guy went through him, whatever. So, you know, obviously guys are going right over to him and I turned around, there was three or four guys on Bennett. So I, I went over just to try and get guys off of him. And you know, I, I grabbed Perry and before I think he even turned around and realized who it was, not that it even matters, but his gloves were off and I said, Okay, I guess if there's any time, it's gonna be now. So <laughs> so,
0: so So were you were you surprised at that moment though, or were you just expecting that it might be any of them now that this scrum is ensuing?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like anyone would, and it has been this way for a while. You're going to protect your goalie, right? I mean, so I think going into that situation, I knew it was a possibility, and and maybe not did I did I not think it was going to happen how it did, but I mean, it was it ended up happening, and first one's out of the way. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was awesome, though. How how is the hand? It's fine. I mean, I don't think there was any any landed on the on either side, but. Couple shots
0: fired. It, it, it was it was a spirited bout. That's what they say yeah. in those in those cases. Owen. and and, yeah. and it's not even about you know a fight being entertaining. It's just the it's the emotion of the game. And and it, it's guys if they're not sending a message, they're protecting a teammate or they're trying to set the tone. But whatever it is, it's for the team, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's awesome that that you're showing that. That part of the game, dude. Because, dude, you got you got everything covered now, man. That, that <laughs> yeah. get your nose dirty, bro. That that that's yeah. awesome. Now, you guys have a pretty young group in Florida, though, right? Like, like it, it's a nice young group. Um, yep. what's like, what's the social life like with the girlfriends and wives and stuff? Like, are are you guys all doing like a social thing, or is it still pretty early in the season and that hasn't really been the tone hasn't been set yet for that?
1: Um, I think it's still pretty early. I mean, obviously. The guys have their their social aspect and the girls have theirs but um, I think you know it's even last year with middle of COVID and stuff we would try and get together as much as we could and um, I would imagine it'll be the same this year I mean obviously you see all over social medias there's the Halloween parties and New Year's parties and and whatever it is so um, yeah yeah, the, the social aspect's been good I mean they I think I think it is important it's it's a reason for everyone to get together even though you spend time it's it's good to kind of see everyone outside of that rink atmosphere
0: yeah buddy for 100 dude oh and I, this is this has been it, it's been an honor having you on dude because it's really really cool to get the insight of someone that's actually going through the journey currently right now and i'm telling you right now bro like when anyone looks back at their hockey journey or life journey in general there's always kind of things that you could be like oh man i wish i did this differently that differently but oh and honestly man you you've been on the narrow path bud and 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 it's awesome and i i want to i want to congratulate you but i know that you're just being you dude so that's why i was just saying just don't change just keep doing what you're doing bro i'm so proud to say that i know you I know that all my buddies that have coached you, man, they they absolutely love you, and and the the look that they have in their eyes when they talk about you, bud, it's 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 so wonderful. So like you you touch a lot of people's lives, Owen, and 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 because you're so positive and creative, people people just benefit from knowing you, man. And and so 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 I wanted I wanted to thank you for coming on. I know the listeners. Obviously, they got a big treat today <laughs> hearing all these stories and stuff, buddy. Some great insight. And and like I said, I know I usually say thank you about 20 times to my guests right at the end. But but I just want to say thanks again, bro. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Did you have some fun, buddy? Reminiscent? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. A lot of fun. Awesome, buddy. So I, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Sheriff featuring special guest Owen Tippett of the Florida Panthers. And I wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. And I'm going to sign off now, guys. Woo!